You're listening to the weekly Parsha podcast recorded with Hashem's help, right here on Ramah Beit Shemesh Israel 5768-2008. This week's Parsha is Parsha's Ve'eschanon. As I was listening to the Parsha being read in Shul, so one of the verses that we read at the beginning of the Parsha in, the, in uh, Rishon is the verse, Va'atem advekim Hashem elokechem chaim kulchem hayom. You that hold on to Hashem, your God, you are living all the, you are all living this day. And the reason that I want to speak about this pasuk, this verse, this week, is because I had a very profound thought process that happened on Tisha B'Av. I wanted to share with you, and it certainly applies to this verse, and it's, it's an opening, an opportunity for us to understand something very deep and important about our lives, about the life of Kal Israel, the existence of the people of Israel in general, throughout the generations. It's something that we had the opportunity to think about on Tisha B'Av. It's something that we need to think about all the time. And if we think about it and really take it to heart, this idea is something that can help us with our lives, help us renew and connect and continue to strengthen our connection to Hashem, to God, and to our people, the people of Israel. Now the question is, you know, the, the golden question that everyone asks, even Mark Twain asked the question, what is it about the people of Israel that keeps us eternal? What is it that keeps us on the straight and narrow, despite the fact that everyone around us is doing everything that's horrible, and everyone around us is being immoral, everyone around us is doing things that are destructive, everyone around us is doing things to destroy us? What is it that, that we hold on to? What is it that somehow makes us immortal, makes us eternal, makes us an eternal people. So of course, there's a concept that Hashem has given us His promise. He promised us so many years ago that we would remain forever. But that's not enough, because just a promise. So that's a one-sided thing, that's from Hashem. Of course, we need to do something in order to, to obtain, in order to receive, in order to deserve to receive that promise. What is it that we do? So that's what this verse is telling us. And you that hold on to Hashem, your God, you're still living to this day. And whenever the Torah says the word Hayom, today, that means that forever, because the Torah is going to be something that we have forever. It was given 3,300 years ago on Har Sinai and Mount Sinai. And it's something that we have until this day. And when God wrote the Torah, when Moshe Rabbeinu wrote the Torah and through the, by the Word of God, so He knew, Hashem knew, and Moshe Rabbeinu knew that this is something that would last us through all the generations for all time. The Torah is something that's considered the blueprint of reality. And what that means is when we see something that's nice in the Torah and it seems, oh wow, it's amazing, the Torah was able to figure this out so many years ago. That's a mistake, says the Akiva Tat says. It's a mistake because the Torah itself is the blueprint of reality. Yisraqa Baraisa of Abura Ahmed says that Hashem looked into the Torah and He created the world. And what that means is that whatever you find in the Torah, it, the, the reality that we see is a reflection of the Torah. It's not that the Torah is a reflection of the reality, it's the other way around. Anyway, in any event, so Hashem, when He originally wrote the Torah, when God gave that over to Moses, so he knew that this would be something that's eternal. And so when it says Hayom, Hayom means today, it means every single day, it means that today forever. And thus this verse is a promise, it's a promise that you who hold on to the Torah, those who hold on to a connection to God, the way Hashem wants us to be connected to Him, those who hold on to that, so they're forever connected. And just like Hashem is eternal, just like He is forever, so too, when we hold on to the Torah, we obtain the right to Hashem's eternal promise that He's going to make us last forever as part of His people of Israel. Now something that was very important that I once heard from Rabbi Orlovsky, Rabbi Dovr Orlovsky, and that is, 
that, you know, when we talk about trying to do cure, we're trying to bring people pl- back to Judaism, bring people back to the Torah, bring people closer to God. So it's very important that we don't say, you know, you, if you don't join us, then, you know, what's going to be with the people of Israel? If, if you don't help us out, you know, that's, that's just a certain attitude in, in, uh, in certain streams, let's call them, of Judaism, where they want to bring people back or they want to encourage people's attendance in synagogue, whatever it is. But they say, if you don't do it, who's going to do it? Says Rabbi Orlovsky, that's a horrible mistake because you know what? If this is a dying religion, like who wants to be part of it? <laughs> like, what do I need this for? You know, like, come on. The, the right approach is that, and it's the true approach and it could, because it's really true. Because the Torah and Judaism, Yiddishkeit, this unbelievable, beautiful thing that Hashem gave us so many years ago, it's something that's alive and vibrant today, and it's no less relevant today than it was before in the past. Because people everywhere are searching for spirituality, and the Torah has the answers for everything. Everything is inside of the Torah. Every single thing is inside of it. And we have to know that the Torah is something that doesn't need us. The Jewish people doesn't need us, doesn't need any single individual. Hashem promised the people of Israel, you're going to be eternal. Now the question is, do we want to be part of that? It's our opportunity. It's our obligation as well, but it's our opportunity to join, to be able to connect to eternity. And that's what this verse is saying. Now, what I want to do is I want to come to tell you something, and that is what happened on Tisha B'Av to me. It's not something specific that happened, but it was an experience throughout the entire day that, thank God, I'm, I'm really thankful to Hashem that I was able to have this experience. And, you know, every Tisha B'Av, I struggle, and I'm sure many of you struggle as well. You know, how do we connect to a day that's so so difficult to connect to? 1,940 years ago, the Beis HaMelech was destroyed, and another, you know, what is it, 480 years before that, the uh, the first Beis HaMelech, the first temple was destroyed. And we're supposed to cry on Tisha B'Av. We're supposed to be crying for the destruction of the temples, and it's such a difficult thing. How do we connect to something that happened so long ago? So I, so I gave you some ideas, I gave you some thoughts about how we can connect to that, because really the truth is that the destruction of the temple is something that's a personal destruction. It's a destruction of our spirituality in a certain sense. But in any event, how do we, how do we connect to that? So it's something that's a struggle. Every year it's a struggle for me. I'm sure it's a struggle for you. So anyway, this year on Tisha B'Av, I was Zohar Baruch Hashem, I, I merited to read. There's a book by Arya Kaplan, it's taken from the Mayam Lois, from the Torah Anthology. It's a piece on the destruction of the temple, and it has a whole story, very detailed story about when the second temple, when the Jerusalem was under siege by the Romans, and it has a whole story going through all the different details of the resistance and the revolt, and in the end how Titus, Titus, put down the revolt, he destroyed the Beis Hamidah, he destroyed the temple, and even the Baryonim, the uh, the, rev- the revolt was led by these Jews who were not such great people, but uh, they were, they wanted to revolt against the wishes of the rabbis, against the wishes of the Torah establishment, nevertheless they wanted to revolt, and in the end what happened was Titus, he burned down the Beis Hamidah, he burned down the temple, and even this, those people, the, the ones who were revolting these Jews, they said, it can't be that he's going to do it. It was almost like they said ra- rather that we should destroy the temple and it shouldn't be done by him whatever it was in the, it's an unbelievable story it's, it's very good to read very important to read so after I read that story so when I look back I have a, a beautiful history book by Rabbi Beryl Wine and he goes through the history of that age it's called Echoes of Glory actually it's, it's part of a three part set the first one is Triumph of Survival which is the most recent history and the previous one is called Herald of Destiny and then the, the, the one that's the most furthest removed from us in history is Echoes of Glory that goes back to the times of the Second Temple 
in any event, so he actually goes through the story also, and it's interesting seeing it from a different perspective because the first book I read, so you had this perspective. It's very detailed, and it has all of these different different stories about how they revolted and how they were able to su- subdue, in a certain sense, the Roman troops. And Rabbi Beryl one in his book, so he gives you much more of a historical background. He explains the context of what was going on in history. And it's very interesting, and he says this at the end of his book, and he gives a review of his book, and he says at first, when he was writing his book, so he felt like, why am I, why am I doing, why am I writing this book? It's so far removed from history. These are past, you know, the Romans and the Greeks. Like, these are, nobody's interested in this anymore. In, the, in all of the colleges, nobody's studying this ancient history. It's not so relevant. But he said, as he was reading over the manuscript, he realized how similar that time was to today. And it's just something that I got on my own also, I saw it, because what you have in this story is you have this, these two factions, you have, you have this governmental type of people, these people who are, you know, trying to keep the government of Israel, then it was Judea or Judah, they were trying to keep it alive, and they were trying to keep the Jewish people as a nation inside of a country and a, and a homeland alive. That was one faction of the people. But then there was another faction of the people, and that was the sages, that was the Talmidei Chachamim, the rabbis, and those were the ones who were on top of making sure that the people of Israel, their spirit, not just their physical body, of course their physical body is important that we remain alive in order for the people of Israel to remain alive, but you have to have a spirituality in order to have a, in order for, to have a continuity, in order to have the people of Israel to last forever. So we have to have that spiritual content, we have to have that connection to Torah. And very interestingly, in the story of Tishabav, so Rabbi Yochanan Zakai, he was one of the great sages that was alive during the destruction, and he was able to get out of the city of Jerusalem, during the siege, and he went to speak to Vespasian. Vespasian was one of the first people who was who was putting the city of Israel, city of Jerusalem, sorry, under siege. And Rabbi Yochanan Mezaka, he gets out, and Vespasian he ended up becoming the, the the emperor, but he did not know he did not yet know that he was going to become the emperor. So anyway, so Rabbi Yochanan Mezaka sees him, and he says he addresses him as the emperor, and. Vespasian responds and says, how can you call me the emperor? That's, that's uh, treason. You should be killed. And he said, so Rabbi Yochanan Zakeh said that um, if you're able to, to conquer Jerusalem, you must be a great person. And he brought a verse to prove that. Anyway, it turns out Vespasian afterwards got the news that he's going to be the emperor. And he was very imp- impressed with Rabbi Yochanan Zakeh. And he said to him, I'm going to offer you whatever request you want. I'll give you, I'm going to re- grant your request. So at first, Rabbi Yochanan Zakeh said, spare this city. But Vespasian said, I can't do that. Any other request besides for that? So Rabbi Yochanan Metzaki said, he thought for a moment and he said, this is what I need. I need Yavna, the city of Yavna, and its sages, and all of the sages that were in Yavna. And he asked that certain sages that were still in Jerusalem be allowed to go out of Jerusalem and be saved. And indeed Vespasian allowed him to do that. And because of that statement, Rabbi Yochanan Metzaki, give me Yavna and its sages, that's what saved Klai Yisrael for eternity. Because Vespasian, he was trying to destroy Klai Yisrael in a certain sense. He was trying to destroy the people of Israel. But he didn't know that the way to destroy us is not by destroying our bodies, not by destroying Jerusalem, even without a holy temple. He couldn't imagine that the people of Israel could survive without a holy temple. But nevertheless, the essence of the people of Israel is this verse, You who hold on to Hashem, your God, you're going to have 
eternal life. The people of Israel are eternal, but only in so far, and only those people who attach themselves to the Torah. And that's something that we see throughout Jewish history. When you read the history of the Jewish people, it's an unbelievable thing. But the only people that survived throughout the generations, it wasn't the reformers. It wasn't the ones who wanted to say that there's no oral Torah. All those Karaites and those Kuthites, they're gone. History has, has proved that they were wrong. Their, the eternality of these people, they didn't remain. Only those who held on to the written Torah and the oral Torah and everything that's contained in it, all of the all of the legacy of Sinai, everything that was given over at Sinai, only those people, Chaim Kulchem Ayim, only those who truly hold on to Hashem, really sincerely, all they want is to come close to Hashem, to connect to Hashem, to do His will, to, to connect to His Torah, to learn His Torah, to learn the Talmud, to learn all kinds of different things that Hashem has given over to us, all the beautiful, beautiful Torah that He's given over to us. When our will, our desire, is to completely connect, we see from history, throughout the generations, we see it in the Chorban, in the actual destruction of the Temple, and you know, we see it, all the time throughout history we see it until this very day you know you look at the other movements other streams of Judaism there's a conservative movement and there's a reform movement and heaven forbid I'm not saying anything negative about the Jews themselves because every single Jew doesn't matter how far they've strayed from Hashem how far they've gone from Hashem every single Jew is beloved to God and Hashem is waiting for the moment when they will return and Hashem loves every single mitzvah they do even if they're not religious if a person does a kindness he gives charity he does something good to others he learns a word of Torah it doesn't matter how religious you are Hashem loves every single word of Torah. Hashem is waiting for every person to come closer and closer to Him until He's fully observant. Alavai, that's what Hashem is waiting for. But in any event, you look at the conservative movement and you look at the reform movement and you see what they're struggling with and you see that the problem is that there's a lack of commitment. When there's a lack of commitment to Torah, there's a lack of commitment to true ideals. People sense there's something fake about it. People sense, oh, you're just giving me the easy way out. It's not real. It's not, you know, give me something real. That's what people want. People who are sincere, that's what they want. They want a connection to God. That's what's missing. That's what's missing. That's what people are looking for. That's what I'm looking for. I think that's what you're probably looking for also. And together we can find that. When we find that, when we find that connection to Hashem, when we find that connection to the eternal Torah, the written Torah, the oral Torah, the words of our sages, the words of our rabbis, all these things, all this, all this Torah connects us to Hashem and keeps us eternal, keeps us connected eternally. That's the message of Tishrav, and that's how you know this this Shabbos is called Shabbos Nachamu. We're gonna sing in the Naftar, we're gonna sing Nachamu, Nachamu Ami. We're gonna say, People, my people, be consoled. After all the destructions that we had, after all the all the stuff that's gone on in our lives, after we look at we look at what's going on in the world today, we look at Kaiserah, what we're facing, the 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 unbelievable hatred of all of the nations around Israel, of all the Arabs, the, the hatred of all of the countries. Nobody's willing to stand up behind us. They won't stand behind Georgia. They're not going to stand behind Israel if, if we're if we're stuck in a hard place. That's that's clear from the from you look around, you see what's what's going on. And all of this is to teach us, you know, Nachamu, Nachamu, Ami Hashem is the only one who can comfort us. How could it be that we can be comforted after such destruction, after so much hardships? The only one who can, can comfort us is Hashem. Yom only Hashem Himself can comfort us. And that's the real comfort because Hashem is eternal. When we connect to Hashem, we are eternal. And that's Hashem I want to bless you and me and all of us that we should be zoch, we should merit to connect ourselves to Hashem in the most unbelievable way, in the most deep way. We should connect ourselves to His Torah. And we'll live forever. We'll live spiritually forever. And Mr. Hashem, I want to see you all back here, right in Israel, with Mashiach, with our Redeemer, Bimheir Biyamenu. Thanks for listening. Have a great Shabbos.